It's a real privilege for us to have Dr. Aurelius Amlin here with us today to discuss side effects in supportive care and prostate cancer treatments, in particular, the side effects of androgen deprivin therapy and how to mitigate them. Thank you. Hello, my name is Aurelius Amlin. I am a medical oncologist working at the Oncocentrum in Zurich. I am also chairman of the Euro-Oncological Center of the Hirs London Clinic in Zurich. I would like to talk to you about side effects of ADT and in fact of combined endocrine therapies in patients with advanced prostate cancer and how to keep our patients as fit and healthy as possible. With ADT, I mean generally suppression of testosterone in patients with locally advanced or metastatic prostate cancer. This can be achieved by LHRH agonists and several of them are available or also LHRH antagonists of which we have an injection with the Garalix but also a new oral formulation with Relugalix which will become available very soon. In addition several new hormonal agents are now available for this situation. We generally call them androgen receptor pathway inhibitors, ARPs. I mean with ARPs apalutamide, enzalutamide, daralutamide, but also abiratron as an additional form of treatment. Testosterone suppression is a very effective therapy and in fact with combined endocrine therapies if we add one of the additional endocrine therapies in form of tablets to classical testosterone suppression we have shown in multiple trials that we can prolong relevant median overall survival, we can maintain a good quality of life, we can also prolong significantly time to development of castration resistance, time to development of skeletal related events and, and also time to cytotoxic chemotherapy. Generally this means that our patients live longer than before and management of side effects has become more and more important in this situation. The general side effects are the effect of the lack of testosterone. Not all men are affected equally and typical side effects are hot flushes, tiredness, loss of energy, sometimes also emotional disbalances, increased bone turnover and loss of bone mineral density and cancer treatment induced bone loss including skeletal related events, loss of muscle function and generally increase in body weight. Often also we see a worsening of lipid profile and of course in addition a loss of libido but also generally a sexual dysfunction. Some of the side effects are very apparent and mentioned by patients voluntarily, for example hot flushes. Others are often not mentioned like sexual dysfunction, loss of libido, unless you specifically ask patients for these side effects and the relevance, the individual relevance of these side effects for them. And other side effects may only become apparent many years after starting treatment, such as, for example, the cancer treatment induced bone loss. Let me talk to you first about the management of hot flushes. Several basic measures can be taken and patients often um, mention hot flushes as a very bothersome symptoms. So 
generally what they can do is keep the room temperature generally on the cooler side where several layers of clothing especially in winter and natural fibers such as cotton or silk instead of synthetic textiles it's recommended not to take showers that are too hot or hot, take hot baths and often patients can also identify triggers that trigger the hot flushes such as alcohol or caffeine um, nicotine can also um, trigger hot flushes and what is generally recommended is an exercise regular exercise on a regular basis for example two to three times a week 30 minute exercise has been shown to improve hot flushes there are also measures from the integrative medicine that can be tried such as acupuncture several kind of herbal therapies like sage tea but there's also meditation breathing exercises and general, generally relaxation exercises that can be used against hot flushes there's also options on the pharmacological side for example cyproteron um, as a endocrine therapy which is very efficient against hot flushes however you have to be careful cyprotron is a generally old medication and is associated with the risk of thromboembolic events there are also neuroleptic carbapentin which can be tried antidepressants or also some beta blockers that can and may be useful in certain circumstances in my experience it is important to take men serious who really suffer from hot flushes and find an individual acceptable solution for them. The next topic is loss of muscle function and muscle strength. Of course, as you know, testosterone is an anabolic hormone and with a lack of testosterone and in particular also with combined therapies, patients generally will experience a loss of muscle function, a loss of muscle strength, but at the same time, sometimes also an increase in body weight, which is mostly, unfortunately, fat tissue. In my daily practice, I encourage patients to remain physically active, to do regular exercise, also weight-bearing exercise, because what they have in terms of muscle strength and muscle function, they can probably maintain and keep, but it needs regular training and regular exercise. In elderly patients, it may be possible to start with a course of physiotherapy so that they learn exercises that they can also do at home. And with the positive effect that exercise has also on hot flushes, generally on tiredness, but also on bone health, there's really a big need to counsel patients to remain as active as possible in this situation. And in my experience, they also need regular encouragement to continue their activities. The next topic is sexual dysfunction and loss of libido, which can be, of course, a sensitive issue. And many men experience this sexual dysfunction and loss of libido. Not all of them suffer to the same degree because, of course, depending on age and also their previous experience, sexuality may or may not be a relevant issue. I find in daily practice that men are generally grateful if you ask about their sexuality and whether or not they need additional counseling and to include also if they have their partners in this process. 
in patients on ADT or combined endocrine therapies, the typical PDE5 inhibitors that are taken as tablets and often work in patients with erectile dysfunction are usually not sufficient. What it may require is additional local measures, such as for example a pump. There are also other medications that are injected into the penis, but also medication that can be inserted into the urethra. These medications help to increase the blood flow and are often very efficient. Sometimes additional measures such as a penile ring may be required. More invasive measures are for example an implant, which however is a surgical procedure and needs very careful counseling. Some patients may require specialist counseling by a psychosexologist because I have experienced that for some patients the sexuality is of such importance that they would rather not take effective treatment even in the metastatic situation than give up their sexual activity. Of course several underlying very individual and personal circumstances may influence this decision and by psychological counseling some of these may be explored and possibly also resolved. Patient support groups are another option generally for patients with side effects on systemic therapy, in particular when it comes to loss of libido and the measures that can be taken. The injections into the penis with alprostadil are often seen as a very invasive measure that may not lead to a fulfilled sexual life and it may be helpful to talk to other men who have experienced similar issues and made positive experiences. I would like to also talk about cardiovascular or metabolic complications which can be a side effect of androgen suppression. The underlying mechanisms are very complex and probably not fully understood to date. Patients with a prior history of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease are at a higher risk of experiencing complications. The risk is also increased with the addition of androgen receptor pathway inhibitors in addition to ADT. Regular blood pressure measurements are recommended and patients at a higher risk of cardiovascular problems should also see their GP or cardiologist for an additional evaluation at the start of ADT or combined endocrine therapy and also then on a regular basis. It is recommended to check blood lipid levels but also fasting glucose and HbA1c, especially in patients that are already at the borderline of diabetes diagnosis. ADT has a risk of prolonging QT interval and this effect may be pronounced with the addition of the novel AR pathway inhibitors, in particular in combination with other medications. It is therefore recommended to do a drug-drug interaction check before adding new therapies and also to do a baseline ECG in patients that are at risk. Again, regular exercise is recommended to prevent some of these metabolic complications. For the management of lower urinary tract symptoms, 
it is often helpful to have a urological evaluation with a measurement of the strength of the urine stream but also with an ultrasound to check residual urine in the bladder after patients subjectively have emptied their bladder. It may be necessary to do a cystoscopy to check for any strictures in the urethra and to rule out local progression of the prostate cancer. Several medications are available to alleviate symptoms. Sometimes it may also be necessary to do a transurethral prostate resection to improve patient symptoms. In summary, ADT is a very effective therapy and combined endocrine therapies are even more effective and patients have a much longer life expectancy than even 10 years ago. Because patients stay on these treatments for a long time, it is important to talk about supportive care measures and to evaluate potential avenues and options how to alleviate symptoms. For more information, I recommend chapter 7.2 of the European Association of Urology Guidelines of Prostate Cancer Management. Thanks again, Dr. Amlin, for being here with us today and we appreciate all of your insights.